Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Vet the people that you want to get the education from, but, but do get education. Do get mentorship. Do learn your stuff. Be professional. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fund That Flip, is working with well, one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are, because you're a loyal Best Ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips, and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out. Go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals. Go check it out. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D. T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P dot com forward slash best ever. You're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success. You're going to know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. If you haven't gotten a copy of the best real estate investing advice ever volume one, well, go get it. It's going to teach you all about creative financing for newbie investors, how to transition from single to multifamily properties, the most overlooked expenses by buy and hold, fix and flip investors, and lots of other stuff. Barbara Corcoran loves it. She wrote, this is a no-fluff real estate investing book that beginning and experienced investors can benefit from reading. You can go buy it by going on amazon.com, searching the word Joe Fairless. And all the profits are actually being donated to Junior Achievement. I've decided to do that to help underserved kids and communities. So with that being said, today we got a really exciting 
guest for us today is someone who just started in wholesaling, and he's focused on probate wholesaling, and we're going to talk about some of the deals that he's working on right now. First and foremost, how you doing, Will Norast? Hey, Joe. How you doing? Thank you so much for bringing me on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you for being patient with me because, best ever listeners, Will and I have had a conversation for this podcast before. It was about a week ago, and my darn computer was acting up, and I didn't get the recording thing properly. So we're doing round two, and I'm going to pretend that we didn't have a conversation because I want things to be fresh. So thanks for your patience on that. So here we go. Here's a little bit about Will. He is a president and managing investor at Forturum Property Investments. Like I said, he's focused on probate wholesaling. He has a BA in French language and literature and biology from SMU, Southern Methodist University. And he's based in Dallas, Texas, staying close to SMU, apparently. And with that being said, Will, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, Joe. Actually, you know, it's uh, hard to talk to you about yourself, you know, but I did do that at, at SMU and uh, I was mostly focusing on pre-medical studies. I did my master's in clinical psychology just to get prepared for medical school a little bit more and did a post in biomedical sciences at UNT. Did that prepare me for real estate? Not in the conventional sense, but it did help me to work hard. And because in the, in the business, you know, as in any business, you have to really stick it out. I think uh, the percentages are for somebody starting a, a new business. I think in the first year, 80% of the people that start a new business fail within the first year. So uh, I've been around a little bit longer than that. So, you know, knock on wood. But just really, because my background is not in real estate, I really wanted to focus on really getting the education that I needed. I didn't want to make the mistakes of spending a lot of money and losing a lot of money by not knowing what I was doing. So I vetted quite a few entities and I ended up going with Fortune Builders for mentoring, for coaching and teaching and I don't regret one single minute of it. These guys have been unbelievable. So they were the ones that trained me to get the, uh, going in this uh, business. So you've gotten up and running in the business. And when did you first start focusing on real estate? How long ago? On real estate? Well, there's a large learning curve for me, again, because I, I did not know anything about business. I, I have business sense because I'm part Jewish. <laughs> I guess all of us do, but uh, I would say April, and I'm actually doing something a little bit different than most people are because my slogan is forward-thinking solutions. I am, you know, most stores that open have a grand opening. I don't think any firms have any grand opening or anything like that. I am planning to do an actual web launch coming up in August or September for the actually grand opening of our firm, but I am doing some pre-work and started doing so right around March of this year. Hmm. All right. We'll talk about that. Basically, it's been about four or so months since you focused on real estate. And what's your deal pipeline look like? Well, you know what? I've got my first two deals that are on the table. I was actually really fortunate because uh, you know the conventional way is to find investors 
to work with and you have to vet them. And when you're a newbie, it's kind of hard to do that. But I found an actual firm that's doing this, that's been at this for, for years. And somebody found me on LinkedIn and, you know, and I know there's trepidations about that, but I'm going to make them my sole investor, not investor, but cash buyer. And we've signed documents. My attorneys say that it's good. And I've got a cash investor 24-7. got a, an internal piggy bank there. But the deals that I have going on are great. Actually, they're a twofer. It's a living trust. And these properties were bought in the 1900s when Dallas first started. And if you talk about equity, <laughs> the equity is out the window. What is it specifically? It's about, I'm trying to take it at the top of my head here, but between three to five each. Three to five, what, 100000 Yes. So between three hundred dollars and $500,000 worth of equity in each of the homes? Yes. They've been renovated and such, but, but when they were built, they were built right. These homes were in, on large lots. They were for people that had money, of course, back then. I was fortunate to go to a school around the area where you got to meet some of the folks that had means, and I got to meet some of the people that are the descendants of the people that own these houses. As that became available to me, and because I knew them, I'm pretty much a shoe-in in that deal, and they were talking about selling one to one investor and one to the other, and... Um, I was able to sweet talk them into getting two. Okay. Let's talk about this because, as you said, a significant amount of equity. I mean, half a million dollars in one of them, or it's three to five hundred. And is it three to you said three to five hundred thousand in equity in each of the homes, right? So, how did you find it specifically? And then, once you found it, can you tell the story of how you were able to have these conversations with the right people so that you're now in position to be awarded the deal? Well, as usual, I uh, probates. I know the probates are, as I understand it, some of the most lucrative deals. They're not the easiest deals to find because you get treated quite poorly, to, to be honest with you, at times. And I've been in that position myself. If you call too soon, right after the person has passed away, it's, I tried not to do that. I tried to at least wait and perhaps lose the deal, but just wait and, and be sensitive to that. How long do you wait? I'd like to wait at least a month. Some people don't wait that long, but I did. And I was rewarded because actually when I saw the name, I got this name off of a list that I purchased. Where'd you buy the list? Got it online, actually. They're called U.S. Probate List, I believe. But the list, usually because it's a, it's a first print, it's a first impression, a first document of what the attorneys do when they file it with the court, the information is quite scant, at least for a beginner like me. Sometimes you get, uh, you get the property, it says uh, decedent's last property or last place where they lived, and, well, Joe, that's... As you know, that could be anywhere. That could be the nursing home. That could be the place where the kids lived. And uh, you have to be a little bit of a detective. I really got as much ad advice as I could, but I uh, used my spidey senses, uh, my real estate spidey senses. And I got on the internet. I started looking at the different uh, obituaries. From there, I started reading the, the stories of the people. And actually, on this lead list, there was only one property listed. 
And so from that specter work, I actually got on the, on the tax roll. And by doing all that work, I discovered that there were two properties. One of the properties was not listed under that living trust, but the other one was and said there was another property. So there was some kind of a, a typographical error on the tax roll. Sorry, guys. That, that, yeah, that only happens once, um, mm. I'm sure. So I was able to find it, and I think I kind of hit the jackpot. It took me two or three days, really, to do some digging and calling, and there they were, the two deals. How's that call go, by the way? What do you say on that first call? Well, honestly, I believe it's harder to say no to a person face-to-face. And so I'm new, with gun in hand, (laughs) We're in Texas. You know, of course, I get a license, and uh, it's nice and put away. I went to the property, risking, I don't know, squatters or anything like that, and I was lucky enough to find one of the descendants, and we sort of remembered each other, you know, from, from college and uh, talked about what they wanted to do with it and just asked what they were willing to do. And uh, it just took, a, you know, a little having a conversation there, you know, going to a Starbucks. Just really, honestly, Joe, I want to make money. The cats do have to get fed, you know, and and me as well. But I would rather be sensitive, especially in situations like this, and take my time and develop the trust. If they don't trust me, fine, you know, uh, find somebody else because you need to sell the house. But I was able to gain their trust after several conversations, and that's how the deal got started. Where are you at with the properties right now? Like, what's the latest well, as I found out, there are several inheritors, and not all of them agree on what's going on. So I don't have spidey senses quite for that. Uh, there might be some internal mediation that may happen. There's a, an executor, but I think the executor, they get more yelled at than I do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to say to them is, that, look, what is it that you need for this deal to go through? And I always want to listen to their concerns and just say that back in in another way, just a little reflective listening. And uh, I'm confident we're pretty close, but all parties have to, you know, sort of put down their X, should I say, and and, and agree on this. And I don't blame them. It's quite a lot of money. Now, moving on to your overall approach as someone who's focused on probate wholesaling, when you get the list... Other than from buying a list online, you mentioned you bought it from U.S. probate lists. Besides that, do you go to the courthouse or look at the county tax rolls and get lists and leads that way? Well, yes, I've done it once, and that's the last time I'll do it. (laughs) Why? It's doable, but it takes a long time. I'm a detail-oriented guy, and I type very slow. But you have to do a little detective work here in Texas. They divide, to not give you a long story here, it's not where you go to one area and you just go ahead and open the book and there's everything for you. No, that's not the way it goes. There's two places where you have to go and you really have to spend a whole day or or a little bit more. Now, I've got a a bit of a a bone, should I say, from a, a mentor that told me that you just put the process on YouTube and you hire an intern and the intern will do it for free and, and pizza and they will do it well. And that's how I get 
the list, but still the list, it's going to be the list. It's going to be scant. What do you mean by you put the process on YouTube and you hire someone? Well, you put the process on YouTube saying you really explain to the person who will do the digging to get that probate list going. You explain to them everything that's, that's got to be done. You sort of... Uh, <laughs> clandestine-like, uh, take your little camera and show them the book and just, you know, nothing legal, but just to show them the exact room where they have to go, the book and what they have to do and just to go not, you know, from print to computer to digital. And uh, you've sort of taken yourself out of the, the equation. And so you put that on YouTube and when you hire uh, an intern, then the intern watches that and they go do the, the job and they come and report back to you. Have you hired someone? I am putting out some uh, some flyers. Not many takers because this is Dallas and I think I'm going to have to sweeten the pot for that. Have you brought on anyone else from a technology standpoint to help you? Well, actually, yes. When I did the first list, honestly, you know, Joe, I think you, you'll probably chuckle here, but it, it took me a good month to vet that list. And we're talking about two counties, some of the bigger counties here in, in, in Texas. There were many, many names. Some of the names were misspelled. The addresses were not correct. I'm not going to cry about it. That's just the way it goes. And uh, to vet that, it took me a few weeks to get that going. Some people were the opinion of, hey, man, you know, you don't have to do all that. Just go ahead and take the addresses and just send a bunch of letters and that's great for the mail fulfillment, other than you get 2% response back. I don't agree with that. That's money wasted, in my opinion. I spoke to a buddy, and he actually had a database that he used. And instead of wasting all the time that I did, he put that list in there, and it took him half an hour, I think perhaps an hour, to, to get out something that's more usable. I actually got an Upwork and found somebody that's really awesome. We spent a lot of time talking and just, uh, you know, sharing screens. To be honest with you, there were quite a few people that applied for the position, but this guy just, he didn't have all the prerequisites that everybody does. But you get a sense about people. And I really liked him. I think he would do a great job and he ended up being a genius. He did some data scraping. It took him about three weeks or so. He did all the stuff it asked him to do to go data scrape around the different obituaries, legacy.com. The tax roll here is on Excel, which you can download. He took the list, and Joe, listen, he was a lifesaver. I put the list in, and within six minutes, he could do what I did in several weeks. Wow. What is the output? What do you get in six minutes? In six minutes, I get a list actually that's better than the one that I vetted. I get uh, the actual address that's on the actual probate case. I get uh, corrected last names. I get phone numbers. Uh, I get uh, corrected addresses. And in some cases, you know, maybe the attorney has moved or gone on to a different law firm, and I get all that. It's, it's incredible. It's in beta right now, but he did a great, great job. How much did it cost you? Well, it's Upwork, and since I'm an upstart, I paid him $550, and he just said, uh, I can't do a South African accent, but uh, 
He said, hmm, slave work, huh? <laughs> you know, a very good-hearted guy. And honestly, I said, you know what? I want to give you a cut. I'd like to sell this product if people like it and so on and so forth. And I said, and I'll give you a cut larger than people usually get when they sell a book or whatever. I'm not for just making a bunch of money. You know, you put time in this. And that's why I structured the deal, and he went ahead with it. And hopefully this will make some money, and he'll be able to make some good money for his family. I want to quickly follow up on two things you mentioned early on in the conversation because I had questions on them. One is the grand opening of your firm. You're doing a web launch party. Where have you seen that be successful in the past? Are you modeling after something? No. And what is the party going to consist of? It'll consist of the folks that did my website, which is, is still getting, you know, it's uh, kinks worked on. The one that you see right now is not the actual website. It's uh, uses some of the latest technologies. It's going to use a, hopefully here, a, a tape from a firm in Canada. It's going to use an actual loop of a video of a guy doing parkour. <laughs> the video is called The Businessman Does Parkour, meaning that he gets to a, a different place in a different way, just like we do. Yep. We are for thinking solutions and hired some newbies that have started in this and given me some ideas. But I plan to do the webcast really with the Fortune Builders family, creating some buzz around town. The people are going to be live. The people that, that made my website are going to be live, hopefully. The people that did the video will be live in Canada as well. So uh, if that all doesn't uh, explode into a million pieces or power outages or some grid issues, we'll have some people here as well. And the guys that have all the creative talent tell me what we'll do. It'll be a celebration. It, it won't be too long, but it'll be a celebration just of a launch of a, of a company that's doing things in a new way and hopefully uh, in, a, in a good way. It's pretty interesting. I love hearing new ideas like that. The follow-up question is on this cash buyer that found you on LinkedIn and you called them an internal piggy bank. What if you have a deal that they don't like? Are you able to shop it to other buyers or are you stuck with them? I'm able to shop it to other buyers, but I'm really bringing them the best of the best of what I got they've been good enough to give me an exclusive and because of internal policies, I can't discuss some other things, but they've given me some incredible goodies. Being a new investor, yes, I mean, I've got the great backing of fortune builders, but there's nothing like being able to, what do they call it? Learn one or whatever, and then teach one. Well, I can't teach anybody else anything, but actually being able to do one live. Okay. That's what these guys have given me the latitude to do and to make mistakes as well. And actually, the guy that found me, he's going to go on, on some of the deals with me as well and good enough to polish my skills. And I, I, I really just can't say enough about these people. They're incredible. So it sounds too good to be true. If someone who hasn't ever done a deal before is contacted from someone on LinkedIn who is now their internal cash buyer and you don't have to worry about your buyers list because all you got to do is find the deals and you haven't done a deal before but now you've got this unlimited piggy bank. What do you say to that? I don't even know what the question is. Well, actually, you know what, if I may talk about the previous show. Yeah, sure. 
the episode that I messed up on and it didn't record. <laughs> the episode that, that, that never was and is. Yeah. <laughs> I do take your advice seriously. I did vet this through quite a lot of people, to be honest with you. I spoke to people, not only in Fortune Builders, but in some of the people that are more experienced around town and around the country. And some had their interpretations and some talked about doing a certain document contract that would safeguard me in case something went south. Now, I vetted the company and, uh, you know, the consensus was, Will, I don't think this has ever been done before. Or if it's been done before, I've never heard of it. And if this is true and it goes well, and this is something that is going to be profitable. You found the golden pot at the end of the rainbow. Did you find it or did they just randomly find you? We sort of found each other because, as you know, the more followers you got, the more love you get from Google. You get higher on the, on the totem pole whenever somebody does search. And I just started connecting with people. And right now, knock on wood, gotten within a, six weeks about 2,600 followers. And when you say followers, that's people on LinkedIn. They're not following the cult of will, which uh, it, it's not yet to start. <laughs> Just kidding. But on LinkedIn, you don't really see how many people are connected. You can see, I believe, how many people are following an individual. But as terms of number of friends, it, it would just say like 500 plus connections. And it doesn't say like 2,000 something. So I see that you have a premium membership on LinkedIn. So maybe there's something there. It's just curious. And props to you. I mean, my gosh, uh, clearly you have a team around you that have, have vetted this. And I was just curious. So we can keep on rolling on it. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? It's to get educated. You don't have to go to fortune builders. I do love them because they are legitimate and uh, they are backed by somebody that's well-known in the business world. And I think he wants to remain anonymous, but He's probably one of the richest men in the world, enough said. But just vet the people that you want to get the education from. But, but do get education. Do get mentorship. Do learn your stuff. Be professional. Don't go in flip-flops. You know, don't lie. Don't stretch what you do. Just be truthful. For me, that's taken me far. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, Matt Bowles, who was a guest on episode 289. His company, Maverick Investor Group, has a special report just for you on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes in real estate that investors make in the 2016 boom cycle. Get yours free at maverickinvestorgroup.com forward slash best ever. That's M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K, investorgroup.com forward slash best ever. Okay, before we get into the lightning round, while I'm interviewing you, because I was so curious about this LinkedIn thing, I was looking on your LinkedIn profile, and I see that you've already got that you were interviewed on my podcast, and you're already providing the precursor or getting the, the party started before it actually happens. And I think you're the first person I've come across that has done that. So it's interesting that you take that type of promotional approach. And perhaps that's one of the ways that you got the connection with this cash buyer through LinkedIn. So props to you for kind of working the promotional angle. All right. Best ever book you've read. 
Best ever book. Oh my gosh, the greatest salesman in the world by Og Mendino. Oh yeah, L- love that book. I used to memorize those nine different rules or whatever he has in that book. Best ever personal growth experience. What'd you learn from it? Uh, the best personal, uh, honestly, it was my last year in the biomedical pre-med world. It was one of those deals where I hadn't had inorganic chemistry or organic chemistry for a while. And uh, to go into this class, which is uh, biochemistry, it was reputed to be harder than the biochemistry in medical school. Of course, I didn't get that bit of uh, information. And honestly, I signed up for it. And I didn't read that it said that you had to have uh, cell biology, which I hadn't had in cell biology. Get into the class, professor said, I know you guys are going to be in medical school soon and so on and so forth. And half of you are graduate students. I did not know that. Same test, by the way. And half of you are upperclassmen. Just want to let you know that uh, I don't give ace. And if I do, it's very seldom. <laughs> and so a lot of people started you know, laughing and or crying, I guess, or being mad or you know, cursing, whatever they were doing. And uh, well... It was a very hard experience. Uh, I had five other uh, sciences that I took at the same time. But uh, Joe, you know, I looked at it as a, a challenge, an almost impossible challenge, but I ended up making a 4.0. Wow. I think I have a few nervous tics that I'm still getting worked on with my therapist after that. And uh, the professor for the biochemistry class said, Will, my God. How did you do it? And I told her I uh, pretty much left the ships anchored deep inside the ocean and I lit a fire to them. I burned the ships and it didn't leave anything to come back to. So I just traded forward and left everything on the ring. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal? Well, the deal coming up that will come into fruition hopefully within the next month. It'll be about maybe $600,000 worth of money coming to this uh, fresh fish. Will you do me a favor? Uh, if and when that does transpire, will you shoot me an email? And I'd love to have a follow-up conversation. I sure will. Best ever way you like to give back? Way to get back for me because I was in the medical field. I love to visit uh, the cancer ward or, or the hospital, the children's hospital here in town. I have a background in psychology and also, you know, I'm a, I'm a spiritual man. And um, gosh, those kids are in such bad shape. A lot of them, some will make it, you know, but a large majority of them won't. But they, they have such joy. They have such a positive attitude. The parents are so humble. But to be honest, you know, you know, I think I like to give back by talking to them and counseling them and just loving up on them, but I think I'd get more back than I actually give back. You know, I, it shows how, how menial my problems really are. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate or business so far? <laughs> I would say, uh, let's shake on that. <laughs> oh, got it. Not having things in writing. <laughs> yes. Got it. And what happened? I lost about $90,000. What was the deal? I try to hustle in any way that I can. It was more a referral for the purchase of a portfolio of about 25 different hotels. I really worked my tukas off 
for about a month and some change, and I found a lender in Great Britain that was ready to go with this person, but this bloke was not honest with me and cut me from the middle, uh, gave me some story, and ended up just going direct. Wow. Okay, so out of pocket, you didn't lose 90K, but you lost the opportunity to receive 90K from the deal by getting cut out of it. Yes. Yeah, I'll never do that again. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? They can reach me at 844-FUTURUM, F-U-T-U-R as in Robert, U-M as in Mike. That's my phone number, Futurum, or my email address, which is Will at F as in Frank, P as in Paul, I as in Ice, dash LLC dot com. That's Futurum Property Investments dash LLC.com. Awesome. Well, Will, thank you for being on the show and sharing your story and your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about your focus on probate, wholesaling, how you are approaching your business by bringing in a database builder off of Upwork and by surrounding yourself with some mentors and working on these two deals that have some pretty big upside potential as well as how you brought in a cash buyer through the power of LinkedIn and making connection there. So really appreciate our conversation. Grateful that you're on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Best ever listeners, Matt Bowles, who was a guest on episode 289. His company, Maverick Investor Group, has a special report just for you on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes in real estate that investors make in the 2016 boom cycle. Get yours free at maverickinvestorgroup.com forward slash best ever. That's M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K investorgroup.com forward slash best ever.